Welcome to the podcast where we talk to guests about moments in their lives they'll never forget. This is Backstory with Steve Legg. It is fabulous to have you with me today on the new show where I bring together an incredible array of stars of stage and screen, stand-up comedy, writers and artists, leaders and entrepreneurs to chat about the five significant times in their lives they'll never forget. It's great to have you with us. And on today's show, we've got my pal Carl Beach. Carl is the president of Christian Vision for Men, a Christian movement focused on evangelism to fellas. In 2014, Carl founded my favourite festival, The Gathering, an annual Christian men's weekend in a field in Swindon. You have got to get there, guys, if you don't already go. He's the author of several books and the founder of the Code Life movement, which aims to encourage men to spend more time reading the Bible as well as a whole lot more. Most recently, and he's a busy guy, isn't he? He's established Edge Ministries, a national coalition of organisations focused on reaching the most hurting, lost and broken in society. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Bill, mate. There he is. Look at this, you're getting a standing ovation here. (laughs) Thank you. Hello. Hello, mate. Good to be with you, Carl. How's it going? Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I've just moved out. I'm in my new little man cave, mate. A little tiny little hole. You know. Yeah, it's good. I'm quite enjoying it. You know, it's a bit weird, weird not being able to duck and dive like we normally do, isn't it? Oh, man. Going on the road, but, you know. Can you describe your man cave? I'm thinking scare electrics, stag heads, swords. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird mix. I've got a little vinyl player to me, right? I've got a, my desk is a converted chest of drawers. And on the right hand side, I've got a little vinyl player. And then some posters. On, on the left there, well, I've got a throwing axe bought for me by, bought for me as a home, home warming present by Nathan Blackby, CEO <laughs> of CVM. And behind me, I've got a cross on the wall. It's all a bit weird. It's a very small little room. I've got a little guitar, mouth organ. Yeah, lovely. As you do. So welcome to the show. So the idea is five memories, five significant times in your life you'll never forget, including mm. one embarrassing occasion you'd love to wipe from the memory banks altogether. Oh, yeah. And if you're like me, you, you'll have thousands. So, oh, yeah. Carl, let's kick off, please. Um, why not let's go with a famous person, a famous person you've had a, an encounter with? Well, you know, like a lot of people I know seem to see famous people everywhere. And that's never happened to me. I don't know if it's an observation thing, but there was one time uh, a few years back now, I was sitting on the London Underground. We had a tube with me mate, Jeremy, who works at Christian, worked at Christian Vision for Men. And um, he's very good at spotting famous people. And he nudged me and he went, there's Beachy. Beachy. I think that's Mrs. McCluskey. <laughs> I mean, you are. Yeah, um, it was Mrs. McCluskey from Grange Hill, and I, I looked out the corner of my eye, and it was. Flip it was Mrs. Out. McCluskey. Now, a first place was Gwyneth, something like that. I mean, I can't, I can't remember what it is now. But it's, like for those of us who grew up of a certain age watching Grange Hill, she was like this awesome head teacher. So I literally, I, I, I turned and faced her, and I said, "Excuse me," so I hope, I hope you don't mind me. Uh, Asking, but are you Mrs. McCluskey? <laughs> not a real name. <laughs> he said, oh, yes, yes, I am. I said, oh, 
it's it's a uh, great privilege to meet you. Thank you for thank you for having such a positive effect on my childhood. <laughs> 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 the real like, oh, so many people say that to me. Like, oh God, it's just lovely, and um, that's why I'm in my forties now. You know, you're a daily feature of my life. More so than my actual head teachers. But oh yes, it's a truth for many thousands of children. <laughs> and that was it. So the most famous person I've ever met, and it's not a massive story, but was Mrs. McCluskey from Grange Hill. Do you know what? She might not be an A-lister, but we remember we remember her well. I remember, as I'm 53 now, so it kind of started, I think, when I started going to secondary school back in 1979. And Zamo and Bullet, the teacher. And do you remember Roland? Roland, yes. It was Roland. Roland. Roland Browning. But <laughs> was it Roland Browning? It was Roland Browning. Oh, oh happy days. This is the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. <laughs> well, that's got us off to a fine start, hasn't it? <laughs> Grange Hill. Let me love it. I know. Um, um, mate, more of an A-lister to me than anyone else I've ever seen or met or could meet. Oh, absolutely. Fine thinking. Who wants to meet Angelina Jolie when you've got Mrs. McCluskey no, on the no, tube? No, I Mrs. McCluskey. I like it. We're easily pleased, Carl. <laughs> okay, num- number two, the second memory, please. Well, um, it's it's around the sort of the whole area of life uh, changing, child meetings, encounters type stuff. And it's a bit of a longer story, but I'll try and do this as distinctly as possible. Many years ago, I was, uh, I was pastor of a Baptist church um, in a place called Billericay, which sounds like it's in Ireland, but actually it isn't. It's in Essex. And um, we, we were transitioning the church to be, you know, quite radical, really. We're doing all sorts of stuff, uh, meeting the needs of the poor, and, and the life of the church is really kicking off. It was good. But, uh, you know, as ever, there's some obstacles and some obstructions and stuff to deal with as well. And uh, some of that was quite painful. Anyway, me and my wife, Karen, um, we were shopping up the high street, and, we, and it was a really tough time. And uh, Karen popped into the supermarket, and I saw this fella standing outside the supermarket selling a big issue. Now, in our town, I've never seen anyone selling a big issue before. And I said to Karen, I'll get him a coffee and a sarni. So Karen went into the supermarket, and I asked the bloke if he wanted a coffee and a sarni. He had, he had a brew and a, oh, well, a tuna sandwich, if I remember rightly. Some crisps. We were standing there talking, and I said to him, what's your name? And at that moment, uh, Karen came back out of the supermarket and he stood there and he looked and he said, my name is Samuel. He didn't say Samuel, he said Samuel. And that's what I'd never forget it. And then he looked at me and he, he put a hand on my shoulder and he looked me right in the eye with his big blue eyes and he said, Kevin, God bless you, Karen and Carl. God bless you. And he said, I, I, he said, God sees what you're doing and, and, and your heart. God bless you. And I was quite taken aback by his demeanour. And then Karen started weeping because it was such a high-pressured time. And I said, I've, I've never seen you here before. He said, oh, I've been here all the time. He said, I'm always here. And I said, no, seriously, mate, I've been here for years. I've, I've never seen you send a big issue before. And he went, I'm here all the time, always here. And, and God bless you. God just wants to bless you for your heart, for the poor, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it was quite a stunning and weird encounter. He was wearing tatty old jeans. He had a, a stripy jumper 
slightly tanned sort of complexion, tussly brown hair and a, and a beard, and his piercing blue eyes. His face was slightly pockmarked, for what I remember. Anyway, years later, we're talking two and a half years ago now, I was on my motorbike, and I was driving, riding, rather, to a gig early in the morning to, to you know, to preach a men's thing. And I was, I was on the top of a ridge line looking for a right-hand turn, and a car pulled out onto my bike. I was only doing about 15 miles an hour, but I had to throw the bike down. I got narrowly missed, and I went rolling a bit down this hill on the side turning. And the car just pulled, it done the emergency stop, missed my bike. My bike went skittering down the road a little bit, spinning on the handlebars and the pedals, uh, motorbike. So, um, you know, I could see this damage happening to my bike. Anyway, I got up, I was in all my kit, which weighs quite a lot. And I had a bit of a rucksack on, which was quite heavy, and I, and I was a little bit shocked. But I got up and I tried to pull my motorbike up. And I noticed that the, the brake handle had snapped and uh, one of the levers uh, was bent in the uh, uh, to make it, it's going to be hard to change gear and stuff. Um, but I couldn't lift my bike up. It was like 200 kilos and I was out of breath, a bit shocked. And my, I recently at that point had broken my elbow and it was just recovering. I just didn't have the strength to lift it. And I do a lot of deadlifting, but I couldn't pick my bike up. Mm. And then suddenly, my bike is lifting off the ground. <laughs> and this fella standing there uh, picked my bike up out the road. And it was dead quiet. It was, it was North Yorkshire way. Dead quiet. This bloke picked my bike up out the road and he handed me and he's holding it up. And then I grab hold of the handlebars of the bike and he hands me the snap brake lever. And I was so shocked. I just like, I put it in my jacket pocket. And then I tried to say thank you through my crash helmet. And he put his hand on my shoulder and just smiled at me. And I, I, I went, oh, I'll see if I can get my bike started. And I climbed on my bike and I managed to start it. And I looked around to say, oh, but it's all working fine. And um, it's gone. Anyway, I, I, I rode about five, ten more minutes to this gig. And I managed to fix the brake lever. I had one functioning brake, so I went very slow. And uh, someone helped me. The blokes who were at this church will remember they, they got a GB kit and a spanner and fashioned a brake lever for me. And I preached the gospel. And then uh, two hours later, I was on my way back home. And I had to pull over. And to be honest, mate, I've not cried that often in my life. Hand for the times, really. And um, I just started weeping because it suddenly hit me that the bloke who had picked my bike up out of the road looked exactly like the bloke without aging a day that have met me in Binnerwicky High Street all those years previously. And um, and to this day, I've kept that brake leave, broken brake leave. I actually leave it a lot of the time in my wash bag, or did do, because I've travelled a lot. And it was a reminder that um, God is with me, because I, I can't explain it, but I'm utterly convinced that an angel met me in Binnerwicky and picked my bike out of the road um, all those years later. And I, I can't prove it, but I know the effect it had on me, and that, that moment has never left me. You're listening to the Backstory Podcast, where we remember the good times, the things you love, the things you are, the things you never want to lose. 
So here I am, your old friend Steve Legg, with my pal Carl Beats. That was a great story, meeting an angel. Well, I, I, that's what I believe happened. Now, I could have been traumatised, shocked, imagining it, but it meant something to me, do you know what I mean? It was a very, very strange moment. But also, the, the first time we ever encountered that person, that was a very strange moment too. He knew our names. Very odd. That is absolutely incredible, mate. Um, have you ever been thrown out of anywhere? Oh, yeah, I've been thrown out of some good places, actually. <laughs> oh, go on. This sounds like a great memory. There is, um, you know, the Pompidou Centre in Paris? Yeah, in Paris, yeah. In Paris. Yeah. I was in the Pompidou Centre once, and they had a display, like a modern art display of uh, robots made out of tin cans. And uh, one of them had a button. You could press it. And I think it's just meant to, like, jerkily move. Like, you just press it once and it's jerkily moved. And um, I was young, I was 18, and I discovered that when I pressed the button, if I didn't take my finger off it, it kept moving. And it, and it started moving a bit too fast. And then a couple of tin cans fell off. And the next thing I know, I've got two Pompidou security guards. <laughs> Is this your minky? You know, like that. <laughs> it escorted me out with the whole, the whole school. Uh, you know, party was still in a bombly made the way outside because I destroyed their their <laughs> robot sculpture. Oh, so, but I can never forget the feeling of horrors like these sort of baked bean cans go rolling down the road, you know, rolling down the corridor, falling <laughs> off this little robot. So yeah, that, that's uh, I've been thrown out of other places, but that that was the most memorable occasion being thrown out. I've been thrown out of better places in the Pompidou Centre that way. But yeah, that was a moment. I like that. It reminds me of, do you remember when the cleaner cleaned up, uh, Tracy Emin had an installation at, a, oh, yeah. at an art gallery that she spent months putting together with an old bed yeah. and beer cans yeah. and fag ends and the cleaner thought someone left something, cleaned it all up. Thousands and thousands of pounds. Steve Legg brings you the best podcast every single month. It's so great. He's a great guy. No one knows more about great podcasts than me. The features, the interviews, even the adverts. It's a great show. Fantastic. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the memories. We're enjoying these. We certainly are. My friend Carl Beach. Um... You're f- I've got to enjoy Donald Trump there, mate. That was amazing. Come on, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> At least two people are enjoying it. Um, Carl, memory number four, please. We've had some belters so far. Uh, embarrassing moments. So, oh, uh, we love embarrassing moments. Yeah. Not a lot of people know this, but I was started my working life as a banker. I was a salesman for a bank in the West End dealing with I network individuals and uh, part of my job was investing their money. This is a job straight out of uni, actually. And I managed to sort of blag my way into it. And I was dealing with these guys who are millionaires and, you know, gathering their money in really and placing it uh, in different trust funds, unit trust funds and share portfolios and doing a bit of lending as well and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, this guy uh, popped a meeting with me and then we met in Mayfair in the in the offices of, of the bank, so I used to mooch around to different offices where it was convenient. And um, the meeting was after the the official, you know, 
opening time to the public for the bank. And we had, I had an office out the back there. I was meeting this guy. And um, during the meeting, we were talking about investing some money that he got from an insurance payout after a, a major accident. I realised he he had a prosthetic uh, right arm, and because he'd lost his arm mm. in an accident that he got this insurance payout for. And we had a fantastic meeting. It was all good. Uh, long story short, as we left the office, we went past uh, two bank clerks who were putting some like checkbooks and money and stuff in in one of the safes at the back counter. This is back in the nineties when these things still happened. And I looked at him. And I, to this day, I don't know why I said it. I said, "Oh, mate, some people give their right arms to be locked in a bank oh, no. with, a, with an open safe." <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I don't know why I said it. Oh, and even as I'm saying it, I could, I could, I could, like, I was, I was coming out of my body. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't stop this moment from happening. And he just sort of looked at me and, and sort of swung his him out the back and never returned for another meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Missing persons. Missing persons. Missing persons. My dad is missing. Your dad is missing. My dad's missing. Uh, where does he usually read his copy of Sorted, sir? The upstairs toilet. Have you checked in the upstairs toilet, sir? No. Go check your upstairs toilet, sir. I'll wait. Okay. Hello? I'm here. He's reading Sorted. I thought so. He really likes reading Sorted. Of course he does. He was so busy reading Sorted, he forgot to tell me where he was. Tell him I understand. Okay. Wait, I, I didn't mean now. Sir? Sir? Hey, I'd like to get Sorted too. Go missing. Get Sorted. For men. For life. Out every two months. It's quite unmissable. Subscribe now at sortedmag.com. I'm hanging up now, sir. Sir? (laughs) Fabulous to have Carl Beach with us today. Carl, tell us a little bit about the gathering before we move on to your last uh, memory, please, pal. Uh, Yeah, the gathering, basically, we started that 10 years ago, actually. Long story short, again, I was just bored with my own events that I was organising. <laughs> I was bored of listening to myself. I was bored of sitting in rows and listening to talk after talk. You know, I'm an evangelist. You know, I want to tell people about Christ. So I, I said, I just, I want to read ordinary fellas and put on an event that I'd actually want to go to. And so there's a big story behind it. But we, we created this thing which I describe as a fusion between Top Gear and Songs of Praise, which is a big blokes festival. Um, about third of the guys go on churchgoers. Um, we have cars and bands and comedians and great people like yourself and, uh, you know, a big bar, big mess every quarter of the seats, but, you know, hundreds hundreds of blokes. You know, two and a half thousand people there. Well, two, eight, I think, 2,800 the last one we did. We couldn't do it this year, though. We did a bunker edition. The whole thing's just a, a big laugh, really. It's just a chance to, I thought, to hang out, but also 
um, you know, encourage people in their, their faith and encourage people to find faith. So, yeah, that's been going 10 years now, from very ropey beginnings to what we've got now. It's been a bit of a journey. Oh, man, yeah. it is fabulous. It's the highlight of my year, it really is. So, well, you're the host, aren't you? You're, well, you're, you're like I'm the, the camp host. host so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, time of recording, Carl, um, October 2020. How's it looking for, for, for next June, June 21? Are you well, making plans? We are making plans. And we did a bunker edition uh, this year just gone, which was very, very well uh, picked up on. And we had a lot of guys find faith through that. And it seemed to go down the storm. We're just looking at the moment on how things are going to go over winter before we make a final decision on it, to be honest with you. But one way or another, there will be a gathering taking place, whether it's in bunkers all over the country, uh, whether it's on site, or whether we innovate and we do some big driving events where we have lorries pulling up with bands and comedians and speakers. Mm. It's, it's all up for grabs at the moment, mate, but something will be happening for sure. So what's obviously this Obviously, we've got to manage yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. And if people want to connect with you and find out about the gathering, if they've never heard of it, is there a website? Yeah, go to cvccharliebitsonmichael.org.uk or you can go to thegatheringsformen.com. Uh, um, yeah, and you'll, you'll find it. It's also on Facebook and on Twitter. Yeah, easy to find. Easy Love to find. It. The Gathering for Men. Yeah. And I cannot recommend it highly enough. Thank um, you, mate. And your final memory, I know it's going to be a big inspirational moment, a life-changing <laughs> encounter. <laughs> I'm saying this because I know what it is. Go for it. <laughs> One of the options was the most incredible meal. And, yeah. you know, like you, I'm a, I'm a well-travelled man like you, mate. And um, <laughs> you know, we've been all over the world and I've sampled cuisine in some fine places, street food in India and uh, you know, Cambodia been to some great steakhouses in, in Canada and South Africa and all kinds of stuff. But do you know what? Fire mash in Montford. Oh, yes. First time I had a fire mash in Montford with liquor sauce and vinegar. So tell, double, us, double. tell us what liquor sauce is for people who've never but, tried it before. Game changer. It's a parsley sauce. Mm. But you don't have gravy. You have a parsley sauce. Like a white green green sauce oh. goes over you. You have a double double, double mash, double pie. I like to break it up a little bit and put the vinegar. If people have never put vinegar over um, a beef mince pie, it's a game changer. And then parsley sauce, mate, it'll change your life. You're a renegade, Carl. You're a renegade. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful so, stuff. So, is it always a mince pie? Is it steak and kidney pie, or their choice of pies? Mate, there's only one pie for me, and it's, it's a beef mince pie. I mean, I don't, I don't do waffle products. It's, it's, got, it's got to be a beef mince pie, as far as I'm concerned. You've got to have a system. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to have a system. You've got to. I'm a man of routine. Don't, don't deviate. Don't, don't mix it up. <laughs> this is why we get on so well. Me too. People know where I am at any any minute of the day. Exactly what I'll be doing because, and with all this pandemic stuff, every day is identical. Isn't it? It's like Christmas, yeah. but without without the elderly relatives. And the Baileys every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I recommend, mate. Pie and mash, liquor sauce, vinegar, washed down with a little Harvey's Bristol cream. Lovely. Oh, <laughs> well, what a feast. Carl Beach, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, pal. You've been listening to the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. Catch you next time.